Well, that's fantastic. Praise the Lord. I'd like for you to take your Bibles. And I'd like for you to turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 26. 2 Chronicles chapter 26. We're going to look at the whole entire chapter today. I'm not going, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read the entire chapter. I'm just going to read certain portions of that chapter. But last couple of Sundays, we've been involved in a series of messages on spiritual EKG. The number of times that uh, the Bible speaks about a man's heart. You remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Pharaoh's heart that had become hard. And so hard that he could not hear the message and the will of God for his life and for the life of the children of Israel. And then last Sunday, we talked about the... Um, heart of Solomon, of how his heart had turned from the Lord. For many years, he'd served the Lord. And for many years, he had walked in the counsel of God. And then in the latter years of his life, it seems as if he turned away. And he turned into a way of the world and of the flesh and of the devil. And no doubt, we have seen and experienced those very same kinds of hearts even in our own lives and our own congregation today. We're going to look at another man. A man by the name of King Uzziah. He was a man that uh, also served the Lord for many years, but he got puffed up. He got filled with pride. And we're going to talk about the proud heart of Uzziah. So with your Bibles open in the 26th chapter, what I'm going to do, I'm going to read verses 4 and 5, and then we'll read verse 6, and then we're going to conclude verse 23. So would you stand with me at the reading of God's Word? Look what the Bible says in verse 4. Speaking of Uzziah. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. According to all that his father Amaziah had done. He sought God in the days of Zechariah. Who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord. God had... God made him prosper. But now notice what it says in verse 26. I mean verse 16, excuse me. Verse 16. And when he was strong, his heart was lifted up. Meaning that his heart was filled with pride. Puffed up. To his destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord his God, by entering into the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Now notice what it says in verse 23. 
So Uzziah rested with his father. And they buried him with his fathers in the field of burial, which belonged to the kings. For they said, he is a leper. Then Jotham, his son, reigned in his place. Father, oh, how we ask the Holy Spirit will search our heart, as David said. That we might know what that is in our heart. That we might confess it and turn away and repent from it. Oh, Father, thank you for reminding us of these men that you have reminded us of. Men whose heart, who have become hardened. Hearts that have turned away. Hearts that have become proud and puffed up. Oh, help us, dear Lord. May the Spirit of the living God be upon the preaching of your word. For your glory and for your honor, we ask. In Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. One of the things that I have enjoyed down through my life is to walk through cemeteries. And as I walk through cemeteries, to look at gravestones, and especially if they have an epitaph upon those graves. And it's quite interesting. You can learn a lot about an individual by the epitaph that is found upon their graves. Nathaniel Hawthorne said, A grave wherever it is found preaches a short and pity sermon to the soul. And I thought, that is so interesting. There's this one epithet that I read about of a Scottish man, and this is what it says. Here lies Andrew McPherson, who was a peculiar person. He stood six foot two without his shoes, and he was slew at the Waterloo. <laughs> now, the words, he was a tall man, six foot two, but he died in the Battle of Waterloo. There's another one. It says that uh, this was found in Chimsforth, England. Here lies the man Richard. And Mary, his wife, whose surname was Pritchard. They live without strife, and the reason was plain. They abandoned in riches. They had no care nor pain, and his wife wore the breeches. <laughs> I thought this was a good one. My wife lies dead where she lies. Nobody laughs and nobody cries. Where she has gone and how she has fared. Nobody knows and nobody cares. <laughs> Here's another one. Here snug in her grave my wife doeth lie. Now she rests, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> Epitaph says a lot. 
in the reading of our scripture today, there was an epithet of King Uzziah. He was a leper. A leper. Now, when you think of a leper, you think of one that has a deadly disease, a life that has been completely consumed by that disease and separated them from their family and their friends. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 23, that we just got through reading just a few moments ago. It says that, So Uzziah rested with his fathers, and they buried him with his fathers in the field of the burial which belonged to the kings. For they said, He is a leper. A leper. A tragic epitaph. But let's go back for a little while and let's go back and look at the life of King Uzziah and begin to be reminded of his life. Three things I want to bring to your attention this morning as you begin to think about the life and the man of King Uzziah. First of all, the position to which he was brought to. Now, Uzziah, the Bible reminds us that at the young age of 16, think about that, that's the age of many of our young people. At the young age of 16, he became king of Israel. His life had many great qualities. Qualities that was very impressive as well as inspiring. Now, as you began to think about his life, you'll notice in verses 1, 2, and 3 of chapter 25 that there was a natural quality that were very impressive about his life. Chapter 25 tells us the, the, the tragic story of his dear father that was murdered, who was the king of Israel at that time. Chapter 26 reminds us of how the people chose King Uzziah to become the king of the nation of Israel at the young age of 16. Now, we do not know if it's by that he was the oldest of coming to that particular point and place of secluding, I mean, uh, succeeding his father, but that he was a man that had great qualities and the people recognized him. He was the 11th king of Israel. Even as a young man, he showed great skill. He showed great abilities. He was an enterprising young man. He was a man of great leadership, very diligent in the tasks that was before him. The observation was very clear that they had chosen the right man because he served as king for 52 years. During his leadership as a king, showed a tremendous amount of leadership 
an exceptional wisdom, an exceptional direction of leading Israel in the way that he did. In fact, some have said that he was probably the greatest king, second to Solomon Solomon and King David. But not only his natural qualities that you recognize that was very impressive, but you see that his spiritual qualities was very inspiring. The Bible reminds us that his spiritual qualities was a man that sought after God. You'll notice what the Bible says there in verses 4 and 5. It says, he was a man that served God. And he did that which was right in the sight of God. In other words, he was a man that was after God's heart. He was a man after God's wisdom. He was a man that saw the wisdom and the leadership and the direction of God upon his life. And because of that, God blessed him. God honored him. As we talked about last Sunday, those that honor the Lord, the Lord honors them. Those that blesses the Lord, there are those that are blessed by the Lord. And we see that quite, quite clearly in the life of Uzziah, the king. What a blessing it is to see a young man, a young woman at the age of 15, 16, 17, 18, or 19 that who have given their life to the Lord and that they have allowed Christ to become the Lord of their life. What a blessing. In fact, sometimes they make the parents ashamed because that they should be much more mature than even their children are. Oh, what a blessing it is to see someone that has a desire to serve God. Now, I believe that one of the reasons that Uzziah was the man that he was because he had godly parents. The Bible talks about that there in verses 3 and 4, that he was brought up by godly mom and a godly dad. Many times you see godly sons and daughters because of the efforts and of the lives of their parents. That tells me, and that should tell you, of the tremendous responsibility that we have today as parents. That you bring up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart. Oh, what a responsibility we have as parents. And I believe that Uzziah's parents recognized the importance of bringing him up in the ways of God. And so at the young age of 16, and the early teens of his life, he was a man, the Bible says, he sought God, and he sought the wisdom of the Lord, and he walked the ways of the counsel of God. I was reading an article the other week of a man by the name of Jacob Brandy. Jacob Brandy was a circuit court judge there in Cook County in Chicago, Illinois. And in this article, 
He said there are 15 reasons why a child becomes a delinquent. Let me read them to you. 15 reasons why a child becomes a juvenile delinquent. One, because of destructive toys and games. Two, working mothers. Three, moonlighting. Four, improper literature. Five, gambling. Six, automobiles. Seven, drugs and narcotics. Eight, movies, radio, and television. Nine, alcohol. Ten, unsupervised groups. Idleness and employment, number 11. Number 12, listen to this. Lack of religious training. Number 13, lack of discipline in the home. Number 14, lack of discipline in the school. Does this sound familiar? Number 15, lack of love and affection in the home. I think he summed it up pretty well. We see the problem that we're having today with many of our youth and in our schools today. And I believe you could take this list and line it right beside the lives of so many young people today. But I think it's interesting that he said that one of the reasons for juvenile delinquency is lack of religious training. Seems like today parents are more concerned about children are playing ball are in sports, are in activities, than they are concerning the things of God. God help us. When we have taken our priorities and we have turned them around and we find ourselves all out of whack concerning society. Spiritual juvenile delinquency is the cause of Juvenile delinquency in many homes today. Because of spiritual delinquency of a lot of parents, you see the juvenile delinquency in the lives of children. So, number one, the position that which he was brought. But number two, I want you to notice the prosperity in which he was blessed. The Bible says in verse 5, listen to what it says. And he saw God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Boy, if there's a word to the, our graduates, that's a word to our graduates today. As long as he sought the Lord... God prospered him. Uzziah experienced growth in his life like no other king did in the life of Israel. He prospered. Why did he prosper the way that he prospered? He sought the Lord. He sought the Lord. 
I'm reminded of what the psalmist said in Psalms chapter 1. In verses 1, 2, and 3, that very famous psalm. Listen to what he says. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day in and day, day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does, he shall prosper. Isn't that wonderful? Whatever he does, he shall prosper. Now that's a promise from God. And it's a promise that cannot be broken. But it's a promise based upon conditions. And if we meet the conditions that God had placed before us, the Bible says that He will prosper us. Now, notice with me the scope of the prosperity of Uzziah. Oh, it was many. Let me just mention just a few. You go back to verse 2. He prospered commercially. That he built Eloth and restored it to Judah. He reestablished and reopened the seaport of Eloth. And, and the Bible says that he renewed Israel's navigation to the Red Sea. No other king had been able to do that. He prospered militarily. You go and you look at verses 6, 7, and 8, and you begin to see he was subduing the Philistines in the west, the Arabians by the south, and the Ammonites in the east. He made him and his army strong. In fact, the Bible tells us in verse 11 and following that he had an elite army of over 307,500 men. The Bible says that he had over 2,600 seasoned officers. Mighty army. No one could go against them at this time. He prospered geographically. Subduing the enemies, he enlarged the nation's borders. He uh, prospered agriculturally, you'll notice in verse 10. And politically, in verse 15, it says that all the nations had come and recognized his power. Recognized his strength. Recognized his wisdom. This man prospered. And oh, what a prosperity that it was. But not only the scope of the prosperity, but you'll notice the source of his prosperity, which we've already talked about. He possessed many natural qualities of a natural man. But the spiritual qualities seem to be one that was far above any other king. Look what the Bible says in verse 5. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Verse 7, and God helped him, the Bible says. 
Verse 15, for he was marvelously helped. What a blessing that he allowed the Lord to use him as he served the people of Israel. Listen to this passage of Scripture in Joshua chapter 1, verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Listen to this passage of Scripture in 1 Kings chapter 2. Verse 3, read along with me. And keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in His ways, to keep His statutes, His commandments, His judgments, and His testimonies. As it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. Prosper. Oh, I don't think there's... One of us don't want to prosper physically, emotionally, spiritually, materially. We all have that desire of wanting to prosper. But I want to remind you, the source of your prosperity does not come from the world. It comes from the Lord. And we need to remember that. A couple was sitting at dinner, and they were talking to another couple. And that couple was very affluent, very wealthy. And the wife of the other couple looked at her husband and she said, someday we're going to be rich. He reached over and he grabbed her by the hand. He said, oh honey, we are rich. Someday we may have money, but we are rich today. And that's true. Whether you have material wealth, my friend, you can be blessed with wonderful riches spiritually. And this is what we got to be reminded of. I know we have prosperity preachers today saying that if you'll do this, that God's going to make you healthy, wealthy, and, and all this. But my friend, I want you to understand, God has something in store for you far better than the riches of this world. Amen. And He wants to bless you. And you notice that by Uzziah, the prosperity in which he was blessed. Everything's going smoothly. Fifty-some years he had served the Lord. Fifty-some years he had walked with God. Fifty-some years he had sought after God. But his blessings went to his head. And that's what happens a lot of times. They used to tell me when I was growing up, some people get too big for their britches. And that's exactly what happened to King Uzziah. And the third thing I want to bring to your attention this morning, and that is the pride that which he was broken. 
the pride that which he was broken. Oswald Sanders made this quote. He says, we are all familiar with those days when the sun rises in its ruddy glory and promises warmth and beauty. About midday, clouds appear from nowhere and obscure the sun. The temperature drops, lightning flashes, thunder rolls. The heavens open and the day that early held such promises closes cold and dark and dismal. Such was the life of our study. Speaking of Uzziah. Such promising days. But the closing days of his life was dark and dismal and dreary. At the young age of 16, it seems like the whole world was at his hand. But in verse 15 and 16, it says, For he was marvelously helped till he was strong. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up, puffed up, filled with pride to his destruction. As we take that spiritual EKG we began to notice that he's got a diseased heart. He's a man of pride. First of all, you'll notice that you see the haughty heart of Uzziah. The word lift up means haughty. It means to be proud. All that God did for him It went to his head. And it lifted his heart. He became obsessed with his greatness. Intoxicated with his own success. What a tragedy. Someone said, Who is that He says that mental cases most difficult to cure are those who are crazy about themselves. Someone said that none are empty as those who are full of themselves. Another one said, he said that the bigger a man's head gets, the easier it is to fill his shoes. So true. Listen to these scriptures of talking about pride. You say, well, I'm not a person of pride. I think if we're not careful, we all can be guilty of pride. I'll give you an example. The Holy Spirit of God begins working in the heart and the life of somebody 
during the service. At, when an invitation is given and the Holy Spirit says, you need to go forth and confess that sin there upon the altar of God. And you began to look around and say, well, what in the world will people think of me? That's a person of pride. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalms 12, verse 3. May the Lord cut off flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. Proverbs first, chapter 15, verse 25. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but He will establish the boundary of the widow. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 5. Everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though they join forces, none will go unpunished. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 4 says, A haughty look, a proud heart, and the plowing of the wicked are sin. Listen to what Jeremiah says in Jeremiah chapter 13 verse 15. Hear and give ear. Do not be proud, for the Lord has spoken. Listen to what Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 and 17 says. The six things the Lord hates, yes, seven, are an abomination to Him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. And then last of all, listen to Jeremiah chapter 13 verse 15. Hear and give ear. Do not be proud for the Lord has spoken. Uzziah had forgotten where his blessings had come from. Uzziah had forgotten the Lord. And therefore Uzziah was a man that began to say, I'm a self-made man. And because of his pride, he no longer praised the Lord. Because of his prosperity, he had a haughty spirit instead of being humble. I believe that one of the greatest, greatest things that a man of God could experience in his life is the, what is known as humility. That every good and perfect gift comes from where? From above. That everything that you are, everything that you become, everything that you possess, everything that you'll ever have is because God's good hand has done it. And not because of you. We see the humbled heart of Uzziah. Psalms 10 verse 4 says, The wicked in his proud countenance does not seek God. God is in None of his thoughts. Let me explain to you what happened. You go back to verse 16, 17, and 18. 
And you remember that no one was allowed in the holy place of the temple except the priest, the sons of Aaron. But because that Uzziah thought who he was, he could go anywhere, anytime, any place. And he goes into the Holy of Holies. And there he goes into that holy temple. In spite of knowing God's restriction and God's command upon his life and upon others. And the Bible reminds us how he had such a self-inflated, self-important opinion of himself that he felt like he could enter into that holy place. And when the priest began to push him back, the Bible says he was wroth. He became angry. For he felt like he could do anything that he wanted to do. And at that moment, the judgment of God fell upon Uzziah. And the Bible says leprosy began to fall upon his body. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 23 says, A man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honor. God knows exactly how to humble us, does He not? A man or a woman that gets filled with pride, it's amazing to me when I began to see what God does. To humble that person. If we're not careful, we'll begin to read our own press clippings. If we're not careful, we'll begin to believe what other people say about you. I tell my young preacher boys that don't always believe what people say about you, whether it's good or whether it's bad. If they say what is good about you, don't believe half of it. What they say bad about you, don't believe half of that as well. Because, my friend, if you do, you begin to become very, very puffed up. I heard about this guy who went to this uh, barber one time. And this barber always was negative and he's always bragged about himself, but he was always negative about other things. And he was giving this guy a haircut. And uh, he was a salesman. And the salesman begins to tell this barber, he says, I'm going to Italy. And he says, I'm going to make a very big deal. And I'm going to uh, uh, even see the Pope while I'm there. The guy said, well, what airline are you going to fly on? He told him, he said, that's a lousy airline. They're, they're so undependable. What hotel are you going to stay at? He told him, he said, that's a terrible hotel. He said, you don't want to stay there. He says, besides, there in Italy, he says, you can't make sales there in Italy. He says, you're wasting your time. And he says, by the way, you're going to the Pope. He only sees important people. About two months later, the guy comes back. And he tells the uh, barber, and he says, uh, I just got back from Italy. 
He says, oh, you did. He says, oh, he says, the hotel I stayed at was marvelous. He said, the flight was perfect. We had no problem whatsoever. And he said, I made the biggest deal that I have ever made in my business. And he says, I even got to see the Pope. He said, well, what did the Pope say to you? He said, when I knelt and bent down and kissed his ring, he said, man, where did you get that haircut? That was the lousiest haircut I've ever seen in my life. It is amazing how God will humble us. I believe one of the greatest problems in the church today is pride. Is pride. Someone will offend you. Pride will keep you from going to that person and making things right. A husband and wife gets in the problem of marital issues. And pride will keep them from dealing with the issue. Pride. Something that we fight all the time. And it's something that if we're not careful, it will contaminate us and destroy us. Who likes to be around a prideful, haughty person? Always bragging about their own selves. Uzziah was a man for 51 years. God prospered him. God used him. God made him to become one of the mightiest kings of Israel. But because of pride, it destroyed him. Now you think about it. When he came down with leprosy, what happened? It isolated him from the throne, from his family, from his friends. And he died all Along. And all that was remembered of Uzziah, he was a leper. Isn't that a shame? Of all that could have been remembered. Father, thank you for reminding us today. How pride will ultimately destroy you. We can become proud the way that we sing, the way that we talk, the way that you have blessed us with houses and cars and children and health. And forget where those blessings came from. Lord, I believe I'm talking to some people today that they are literally wrestling with pride. Oh, dear.
dear Lord, break us from that pride. Help us to be humble and not haughty. Lord, a lost man, no doubt, will allow pride to keep him from giving his heart and his life to you. How many lost people have died and gone to hell because of pride? They have failed to humble themselves. So may the Spirit of God move and work among us here today. And may you be honored with the results. In Jesus we pray. We're going to give a...